This is a sandwich of the working man or woman. Just time for a deli delight between meetings? Grab the old faithful tuna melt to see you through. It's the only acceptable fish-based sandwich there is. Or, if you take the main ingredient out of a sandwich and it becomes better, then it isn't a good sandwich. My advice for the tuna melt? Leave the tuna out of it and make yourself a grilled cheese. Who's right? Let's find out. This week, on the ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich, the tuna melt. Is that, is that your attempted intro music? <laughs> Joe, much like our current president is engaging in a somewhat ridiculous government shutdown where he has no strategy, I am holding this podcast hostage. And every week until Jeff makes us intro music, I'm going to pick out another really dumb public domain <laughs> intro music and play that at the beginning <laughs> of each podcast. Now, you know, I happen to know that Music Laureate Jeff, I believe, is a federal employee. So shouldn't he have a lot of time on his hands right now? Uh, that's true. Although, if uh, he works for the U.S. Postal Service, Joe, the mail it never stops. So I, I think maybe he's, yeah, I guess maybe he's going without a paycheck, in which case I should have some empathy for him. Music laureate Jeff should go on strike and write our theme music until the government opens back up. He t- yes. He should write a theme song for the shutdown is what he should do. Very selfishly, I think he should... <laughs> Go on strike just so he can help our podcast. Yeah, I mean, he can go back to work after the theme song's done. That's fine. Yeah. Also, uh, at the beginning, thanks to Reddit user you slash Bez the Spaniard for the pro tuna side and uh, my anti tuna alter ego for the, the con. <laughs> Dan, I'm so excited to be talking about a tuna melt. Uh, it's, I mean, there's just so many aspects of this sandwich. Obviously, we did ham and cheese last week. It was a great episode. We got a ton of great feedback. Everybody was happy that we're back, and now we've got an open-faced sandwich that is a hot sandwich. I mean, it, it couldn't be more different. Very exciting. I mean, I, I don't even know if we're going to be able to fit this all into one. This may be a three-parter. There's so much to talk about. Wow. You think the tuna melt's going to be a three-parter, Joe? It's, it, it, you know, it's a heavy sandwich. There's a lot, there's a lot of topics here. The open-facedness of it, the, 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 the melt. You know, this is our first hot sandwich. I mean, we've only done two episodes, so it's not a huge shock, but... This is our first salad-based sandwich, our first fish-based sandwich. That's true. That's true. Uh, all those were true. At first, you were just repeating the things I had said, so <laughs> melting is I, sort of in the name. I added to it. Yeah. No, yeah. you added to it. No, that was good. You Look, you're right. It, there's there's a lot to it. I think, you know, in, in particular, we chose the ham and cheese for the first episode for a reason, that it was, you know, a, a, probably the, the simplest or among the simplest sandwiches you can have. And you're right that this – we're already getting – a lot more complicated. It's not only about the ingredients, it's about how you, you know, how you cook them essentially and and you know, that makes the sandwich much more complicated. All I'm saying is people need to buckle up for like a 3-hour episode. <laughs> wow. No, we're not going to do that, but also as just a little PSA for everybody who's listening on our old feed, don't do that anymore. We've got our new brand new feed, Joe picks a sandwich, switch over to the new feed. We're gonna post everything. I mean, we're gonna post everything on all the feeds because you know we're just <laughs> we can't sacrifice our listener base, Joe. But switch over to the new feed, and if you wouldn't mind, you know, give a review. If if you're listening on the old feed, it might sound like a good episode, but the but the better jokes are in the new feed. Definitely, it's, we, it's this much is, much funnier over there. This is our second take, and exactly. no, we're not going to be able to match. <laughs> no, the, no, 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 no. This is our first take. The second take, the polished version, is over there. 
Wow, but that's a, the people don't want polish, Joe. It's the best of. All I'm saying, go to the sandwich feed and don't even write a review. Just give it the five stars. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a review. It, it makes us feel good, Joe. This podcast is a lot of goddamn work. Especially, you know, the last podcast was a lot of work in the researching. But, like, I have to go to the grocery store. I have to acquire ingredients. I have to, like, cook things. It's very stressful. Yeah, you have to eat a sandwich. Yeah, well, I, one sandwich is not enough for me, Joe. I, I really have to, to try out lots of combinations. I mean, if our, leader, our, our readers, our listeners, stay tuned. We might, we might be going to the sandwich lab, Joe. Oh, we're going to go to the sandwich lab this week? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's a teaser, Joe. I'll get my lab coat out. I'm ready. Only on the good feed, though. I'm editing out the Sandwich Lab if you're listening to it on one of our old podcast feeds. It's true. The special Sandwich Lab feed, go to Joe Picks a Sandwich, right? In the iTunes store, wherever. Yeah. That's what it's called. I I actually haven't submitted it to to, uh, Android yet, so... (laughs) So... uh, You got to do that. Yeah. Our Android listeners, uh, (laughs) I guess you just don't get to go to the Sandwich Lab. By the way, Dan, what do you think of the new logo? Uh... It's great. I'm excited. As uh, I think um, Superfan Karsten said, the crust for my uh, for my head is very generous, and I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> he was very generous with the – my sister was very generous with the crust in her making of the logo. Yeah. That's true. I got a lot more crust in that logo than, than is actually there. But, you know, look, I love crust, so I think it's great. I'm not one of those monsters who cuts the crust off. Like, I would have loved to keep my hair, but – you know, it sort of it fell off, so I'm now crustless. Nature had other plans. Dan, <laughs> let's talk about the tuna melt. All right, Joe. I mean, for starters, we start every week by saying, what's your history with the sandwich? So, Joe, what is your history with the tuna melt? Okay, so unlike the ham and cheese, which I couldn't really remember eating before the podcast, though maybe I'd had it, like, here and there, uh, tuna melts is, like, an all-time favorite, especially in college. We used to go – we used to drive – like three towns over from Waltham where we went to college to go to this like little diner called Johnny's Luncheonette in Newton, Massachusetts. And they had like the greatest tuna melt. Uh, and there was even a um, place right near our house. That, it wasn't a tuna melt sandwich. It was a tuna melt calzone. Whoa. It was so fucking good. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely have a long history with tuna melts. Love tuna melts. How about you, Dan? The tuna melt is something like my dad growing up he really would eat like five separate things and that's it like <laughs> brussels sprouts in like a little tupperware container was a big gross. one okay uh i think he really liked frozen peas also gross <laughs> well, it's definitely gross but one of his major food groups was absolutely tuna fish salad so there was like always tuna fish salad in the fridge and i would have a lot of tuna fish sandwiches now, the tuna melt, I think I was first introduced to it, to it by one of my friends, Ian. His mom was very famous for we would go over to their house. And, you know, like each one of my friends had a thing. Like my friend Brian, we would go into his house and his mom would always buy KFC. And so, like, if we we're over there, it's just like we're getting KFC. And if we were at Ian's house, his mom was making tuna melts. And, you know, she was a master of the tuna melt. She made them in the oven. And you know, when get into that a little bit more, we get the sandwich lab. But, you know, when you're hungry and those tuna melts come out of the oven, it's uh, it was delicious. Oh, nothing better. Absolutely. I can't say I had the same experience that you did in the, the diner type thing. I, it's not the type of sandwich I don't think I've ever ordered in a diner. I would probably get other things. But I also believe that a diner might be the place to make the best version of it. 
Well, I would certainly say that like a diner is the place that you order a tuna melt, right? I mean, yeah. like you're not going to order a tuna melt in a fancy restaurant. And I actually don't think you're going to order it in like a normal, I mean, I guess you could order it in like a normal sandwich deli, but like, I feel like there are going to be other sandwiches that they're going to do more often and better. But like the sort of like old school diner counter place, like that's, yeah. that's the place to get a tuna melt. And I, the, like, I'm thinking about it with the, the like flat top grill and absolutely hundred percent like the skillet grill. Yep. I mean, speaking of, since we're already in the diner set, let's just jump right into the next category, Joe, the history of the sandwich, because I just want to take, uh, there's this an, an article online, it's called The Abridged History of the Tuna Melt by Warren wow. Bobro, who wrote this in the Wild River so were Review. You, were you not able to find the unabridged history? <laughs> Believe me. Well, here, I'm going to give you his abridged history, and then I will give you my take on it afterwards. So just to be clear, you're abridging his abridged history, or this well, is the full thing? Well, from a legal perspective, Joe, I am, <laughs> this, this is a fair use uh, <laughs> reproduction of it's his clearly story. satire. We're fine. <laughs> Satirical <laughs> podcast. So he sets the scene. Our, our good friend... Warren Bobro. Our non our non litigious friend. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely non litigious friend. He sets a scene in Charleston, South Carolina, nineteen sixty five. Our hungry patron Bo is at the Woolworth lunch counter. Oh, order- a lunch counter. What did I say? Ordering lunch. He asks the chef for a grilled cheese sandwich, white bread, with a schmear of mayo and slices of American cheese. Quote, just as you like it. I'm not sure in my analysis of reading his, based on the way the quotations were, if Bo was saying to the chef, just as you like it, or the chef responded back to him, just as you like it. There's a lot going on here. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Does Bo know the chef's favorite sandwich? I don't know. I feel like the way I read that is that the chef is saying it, but he's being sarcastic, like incredibly sarcastic. Yeah, just as you like it. Yeah, just as you like it. Because it's like he always orders that. I, I don't know. That I, as I said, this story, it's going to go on some twists and turns. But here we go. <laughs> the first twist is coming now. Atop the griddle on a shelf, a bowl of freshly made tuna salad sits on the edge. And as if guided by a hidden hand, the contents tip over, falling on the grilled cheese sandwich. Voila, the tuna melt is born. Now... There's already some aspects of the physics of this, which I don't quite understand, but hold on until I get to the end here. About the same time as the tuna salad falls onto the grill, Bo notices it bubbling away along with his open-faced grilled cheese. Got it. Why the grilled cheese is open-faced? Again, note that for later. Some of the tuna has coated the top. The smell is familiar to him. The metallic tang of nearby sweet southern ocean hair. The syrupy, caramelized smell of mayo combining and dripping on celery and onion, sinking into the butter and the mayo-coated white bread, and on top, becoming crisp and sealing it all in, the errant dollop of tuna. One of the gals from the counter says, oh, no, your sandwich is ruined. Would you like another one? He says, of course not. I want to eat that mistake. And then that he eats it, and he's like, this is great. And thus, the legend of the tuna melt. That is how it was created, Joe. Thank God for Bo. I mean, how many sandwiches can you say were created by an accident like that? That's amazing. Now, upon further analysis, 
this story of how the tuna melt was created exists. Dan, don't ruin this for me. Exists like twenty or thirty places on the internet. It is commonly in like stories that people are writing about the tuna melt. And I, as you said, I want to go to the source. So I found that all of these people cited Warren Bobro, and all of them had their own take on it on his article. I found his article, which is amazing because the. Wild River Review literally has the worst SEO and site design ever. Like, you can you can search for the article on Google and click the page and still, like, you can't find it. <laughs> but I believe, Joe, he just completely made this up. I do not believe this is true at all. There's He offers no citation. He's not – I, like, looked up his age. He's not old enough. Like, he wasn't sitting at the diner. It – it doesn't make sense. And he's not even a food reviewer. He's like a liquor reviewer. So I don't know where this story came from. But what's his motivation for making up this story? Honestly, I think it might have been I a mean, genius. I mean, did he get rich off of this? I think it was a genius ploy where – and I think as we do the podcast, we might in, encounter more of these – where he saw an opening where he's like, oh, this is a common sandwich. And people probably search for what's the history of this sandwich like I'm doing. And a lot of these sandwiches don't have much history. And so he just said, I'm just going to invent the history for this sandwich and soak up all of the like page views for all the people searching for that. And he's like, who cares if it's true or not? It doesn't matter. I mean, I have to say, in general, I sort of agree, right? Like, this history is much more interesting and much more fun than the ham and cheese, which didn't have a history. Absolutely. So whether it's true or not, I love it. I, I mean, it also doesn't make sense to me. Like, why is somebody making a grilled cheese open-faced like, I, I just think about the logic of this. Like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's there's some problematic aspects to it. The open-facedness, the sort of like the so, the... so the tuna tipped over, but like, did the container tip over? Did they hear like a loud clanging sound? Was there a potential fire started by this like plastic container sitting on the griddle? When you make tuna salad, you don't make like a little bit of it. You make, especially if you're a diner, like they're making a whole giant like bowl of it. So if right. that giant bowl of tuna is like falling onto the grill, that's going to be a major problem. Right. And like at least like someone would notice it before they smelled the smell of the tuna cooking <laughs> on, on the yeah. sandwich. Before, Like if an entire thing of tuna spilled onto the grill, they wouldn't be able to pick apart the like caramelized onions or whatever. The whole fucking diner would smell like burning like tuna salad. So Dan, I mean, I think it's settled now. Any sandwich we talk about from now on that doesn't have a history, we have to write one. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it might be the best publicity we can do for this podcast. I'll just Absolutely. put them all on JoePicksPod.com. I'll just completely make it up. It I mean, doesn't matter. It'll be the abridged version for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not going to do the unabridged version because, again, I think – it, as he was writing this, he was like, boy, this doesn't even make sense. But then he just threw a bridge in there and was like, oh, call it a day. It is a way to gloss over a mistake because you, you could assume like, well, I guess there's probably an explanation for that in the unabridged version. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll solve all the physics problems. We'll understand all the characters. We'll understand who's saying what, who's saying <laughs> just as you like it. Uh, that's great. What a great history. So, Dan, are we actually going to rate this now? Uh, uh, we did get some feedback that people like the ratings. I don't know if you want to rate this particular category. I mean, if you want to rate it, rate it. If you don't want to rate it, don't rate it. It's up to you. You're the I'm going to rate Joe. it, Dan. I love it. Uh, I think it's a great history. I love it so much more than last week. So on the history of the sandwich, let's knock it down a little bit based on being definitely not true. Yes. Um, seven out of 10. 
7 out of 10. Now, it is worth noting that it could be somewhat apocryphal. Like, it could... The sandwich might have been invented in a similar style, though, you know, without the impossible nature of the thing. Somebody might have just said, hey, put some tuna on that grilled cheese. But... I mean, the only way to decide this is to go into the sandwich lab and actually try and recreate this occurrence. <laughs> that would have been... That's what, what I should have done for the sandwich lab. <laughs> have the bowl of tuna salad. Have somebody... you know, say, Look, I have cats running around. Oh, boy. If there was a bowl of tuna salad, they would definitely be interested in that. All right, Dan. Dan, let me pledge this. For next week's episode, I'm going to try this. Sometime this week, after we've discussed the tuna melt, I'm going to try... And accidentally knock a tuna onto a, a open face grilled cheese sandwich. And yeah, you have a little grill thing. I have a skillet. Yeah. I make open face grilled cheese sandwiches all the time. Now, I think the problem with that is the cheese is going to be under the tuna. I thought about that too. And I thought either this story is bullshit or like that some variant of the tuna melt that we hadn't tried, but I was going to wait till the preparation to, to talk about that. Well, you know what? I think let's just get into it right now because. You know, the next category is preparation availability. And I think availability was somewhat covered before. And I mean, it ties right into what you were saying and with the history. If you're at an old timey diner or whatever, or any type of diner, they're going to have a tuna melt. No doubt. They're going to have a tuna melt. And, you know, as long as they have decent tuna salad, it's probably going to be a good tuna melt. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think this is somewhat of a diner specialty. And, and I was looking it up. Tuna salad is one of the most common salad type sandwiches. Now, yep. I don't think this particular variant is the most common tuna salad sandwich in that family. But I do believe it is still quite common. Like it, this is to me like the truck stop. You get tuna melt, cup of coffee, uh, you know, I think widely available. I would say that there's probably at least a dozen places in every city that you can get a very, very good tuna melt. Definitely. Agreed. So now, Dan, before we get into the prep, I I want to ask you, what in your mind is the definitive tuna melt? Because I'll tell you, I was at um, my office staff party talking to a coworker uh, about this podcast and, you know, about what we're doing. And said, well, you know, we're talking about tuna melts this week. And I said, she said, well, why are you doing tuna melts for the second episode? And I said, well, we, you know, we want to talk about a hot sandwich, wanted to talk about an open face sandwich. And both her and her boyfriend were like, open face what are you talking about and i was like tuna melts an open face sandwich and, and they were shocked they had never heard it, it wasn't even that that uh they preferred it not open face to them a tuna melt was a closed sandwich which is the is the opposite to me i i think when someone says tuna melt you imagine open face so am i right about that dan i will say and I think this is I, this is what I love about these sandwiches is there's there's just so much. I would have said coming into this week, when I first thought of a tuna melt, I was brought back to Ian's house and his mom, and they would come out of the oven and they were all open faced. Yep. And I think if you're making it in the oven or you're making it in the broiler, and again I don't want to give too much away, but this is exactly what my <laughs> what the sandwich lab for me is going to be this week. It's an open face sandwich. However, if it is in a diner or it's on a skillet or grill, I do believe that the best variant is a closed face sandwich. This week, I did have both. And um, they're very, it, for being the same type of sandwich, and I do believe both of them should be correctly classified as a tuna melt, they're very different sandwiches as far as I'm concerned. So it's not like there's a there's another sandwich here called like a grilled tuna or something. 
that is a closed tuna melt. So you're saying both are tuna melts, but you're agreeing that an open face is maybe the more classic variant. Is that right? Is that fair? It, well, I, this is why this this uh, fake apocryphal story, I'd be interested to see just to understand the physics of it. I think the way it's described in the story, it is an open face because he says the tuna is falling on the cheese. Absolutely. There's no indication of bread being on top of it. And I do believe when you make the tuna melt at home, I think one of the advantages of the tuna melt is that you only need one piece of bread. And it, it is the, the type of sandwich that you essentially can eat it with one piece of bread underneath it. You don't need two pieces of bread. I think when you're uh, cooking at home, that's an advantage of it. And my coworker and her boyfriend or husband or whatever, they agreed that you cook it open-faced. But they just think that you cook it open-faced and then close it. So I don't know. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Dan, you made a bunch of these at home or should, we, should I talk about my prep first? You talk about your prep first. All right, so we make tuna melts all the time. It's like on the menu with our kids, uh, and so 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 we have a pretty standard method. We uh, you know lay out a bunch of bread on 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 cookie sheets. We make tuna salad. Now maybe we should get into the tuna salad prep a little bit, um, but I'll just describe the basics of the sandwich first, and then we put I put a slice of. Um, medium cheddar cheese on each one and we put in the oven. Uh, and, uh, that was it for the prep. I mean, it's, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes of prep time. Uh, and, and it comes out pretty easily. Now I will say, and we'll get into this in the taste. There were some things that we did wrong in the cooking of these tuna melts. So one thing about the prep is that it's not as foolproof a sandwich as the ham and cheese. Yes. My question to you is when did you, when you put them in the oven, when do you think they are done? Well, okay. So yeah, I think that's an important question. So, so I think it's too soon. Okay. A couple things. One is that, and I'll get into our mistake later, but you should make sure if you're not doing it in a toaster oven, you need to put it towards the bottom of the oven. And I think you need to cook it on higher heat too, Interesting. like 450 or so, but, um, you can't pull it out when it's just the cheese melting because the cheese melts right away. You need to wait until you can see that the bread is getting like toasty brown. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked, I mean, in mine, I was waiting until I, the cheese gets a sort of, uh, it blackens a little bit, you yep. know? Yeah. Um, but I'll get into my prep and, um, this is, it is going to be tough to, to, you know, we're still feeling this out how we're, when we're taking our trip into the sandwich lab, but I'm going to, I will take our inaugural trip into the sandwich lab. All right, get out your Bunsen burner, folks. Get out We're the Bunsen the burner, lab. put the lab coat on. I've already Wait, got my Dan, safety Dan, you have your soundboard. Do you have a sandwich lab? Do you have like a bubbling uh, bubbling science things going on? Come on. Uh, no. I guess I have this. Oh, my beaker. Oh, Joe. you broke a beaker. Oh, no. Our first trip to the sandwich lab, we got we to gotta sweep up the floor. It's crazy down here. Well, Joe, look. I got beakers everywhere, uh, shards of glass, but that's where the action is. And so I made... My my original idea for the sandwich lab was going to be I'm going to make my own tuna salad and compare it to the store bought variant and see which is better. But then I thought, you know what? Tuna salad as a salad is so widely available at different supermarkets. I and it's as far as I'm concerned, so much more effort to make rather than just purchase it ready made that I could just and I think any real person, even if you 
think you can make tuna salad better than most places, you could just find whichever place near you makes the best version. I mean, Absolutely. my particular supermarket has two separate variants of tuna salad. And I just thought this is just something that's so widely available. I'm not even going to get into that aspect of it. I'm, I am – and for – I didn't make it myself. I just did all my experimentation with store-bought. And to say, you know, let me just agree with that because even if it's not store-bought because we made our own tuna salad – I don't know that we have to really get into how to make tuna salad because I think everyone has their own favorite variant of tuna salad. Definitely. Some people like to put like sriracha in it or, you know, whatever. There's a whole bunch of different ways to make it. And what I think is great about the tuna melt is that you can make a tuna melt with whatever your favorite variant of the tuna salad is. Absolutely. And tuna salad is the type of thing that you can just buy tuna salad at the store and add in. If you like more celery, just put in more celery. Like right. it is it, – it's not like a, a ready-made product at the store. You know, it's 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 a – a mix of a bunch of stuff. You can mix in whatever you want. Um, but I I said I'm going to make the sandwich, make a tuna melt in three different cooking apparatuses, and then compare them. So I made in the microwave. Oh. I made. That's not good. In the skillet. Okay. And I made it in which not – I didn't use my oven, though. I Essentially, I used my little, like, microwave oven that's like – and I, I put it on broil mode. So – for the prep category, I will just say, if you make this sandwich in the microwave, it takes five seconds. <laughs> you put a piece of bread out, put the, the tuna salad in, put the piece of cheese on, you're, you put it in the microwave, 60 seconds or so, you're done. It literally could not be easier to make. The broiler was a, a very similar variant, though. I think if you're... and and. If you're actually doing this properly and you're using one of these cheapo methods, a key aspect of the tuna melt is the the consistency of the bread. So the microwave, the straight microwave, is does not produce an acceptable version of the sandwich because the bread is just not rigid enough. So if you are going to use the microwave, you need to toast that bread first. Just, you know. that Get that out of the way. Done. It has to happen. Get yeah. that out of the way. If you use the broiler, and I think this is what you're talking about, both the broiler and the skillet, you don't have to toast the bread beforehand because it does it for you. So now I think if you're using the broiler, you might want to toast it a little bit first, but then you do get into the problem of burning that bread, which you don't want to do. Because as you're know, as you alluding to, this is a bit of a dance where you're getting – you want these three things to all be cooked right, and they're all very separate. Now, the tuna salad is like whatever. It's doing its thing. But you want that cheese to be just the right level of melted, and you want your bread just to be the right level of crispness. And so in a pure like prep ease, I found the skillet was actually by far the most repeatable, easiest way to make this sandwich consistently. Because when you work on the skillet, it's a closed-face sandwich now. But you can essentially just get that bread to your desired level of crispiness that you want. And by that point, the cheese will have melted. But you don't have to worry about the cheese burning because, again, the cheese is, you know, it's not being exposed to the heating element the way it would be in a broiler. It's, you know, compacted in between um, those pieces of bread. And, you know, use whatever trick you like. If you like using butter on your bread, use butter. If you – I am now – I use mayo for these types of sandwiches, which I think gets that bread to a really nice level of crispness without having to worry about burning. I'll tell you, when I went into the sandwich lab, I had thought the the best version of this would come out of the broiler. But for my tastes, I thought the best version of it 
by far that I made at home was the closed face variant on the skillet. And honestly, I don't even think it was close. That's interesting. Now, when you put it on the skillet, did you put cheese above the tuna or below the tuna or both? Now, for this particular one, I I don't know why I did this, but I just wanted to try it out. I actually put tuna salad on each side of the bread and then put the cheese in the middle. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I I don't know why I did that. No, no, no. But I think that makes sense because then whichever way you flip it, it's sort of a tuna melt with a tuna melt on top. I I, I don't know if that's the best thing. I did look online at the the, the different variants. And I think that, you know, if more time was spent, I would try the cheese in different configurations because I think the sandwich would be a little bit different. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, the skillet is definitely the right way to make the sandwich. So this is why the sandwich lab is so important, Dan, and why I'm, I feel like despite the broken beaker, this was a very successful trip down to the sandwich lab. You walked into the sandwich lab with a certain hypothesis, but you came out of the sandwich lab with a scientifically proven result. Absolutely. And, you know, the other and the the one in the microwave, if you don't toast the bread, just don't even do it. Just eat the tuna salad raw because it's um, <laughs> if the bread is not toasted, you know, the bread just becomes mush in the microwave. Well, and and that's what happened to our our oven tuna melt. And look, we've made a thousand tuna melts. So it's so it, it's not like this happens every time or like whatever. Like some of them were fine, but some of them were too soggy in the middle. Yeah. And it's because I, we we put it the rack was too high and you really wanted to cook from the bottom so that the toast toast quickly and i think we did it on too low heat so we essentially because we did it at like 350 and you, we we should have done it like at like 400 or 410 or something or like or that. use that broil mode of your oven exactly because because what happened is we essentially microwaved it in the oven yeah and it just didn't it, it the bread crispness and the bread firmness is such a key factor to the tuna melt. So, you know, as we're rating the prep, I think I like the fact that it's very available. I like the fact that it's um, very available in restaurants and easy to make at home and you can find tuna anywhere. I will say, unlike the ham and cheese, there is a lot more variance at, when you're cooking at home and you, you actually have to get good at it and you can kind of mess it up. So... I think it's a little hard to cook at home, but still, as far as sandwiches go, we're going to talk about sandwiches, I'm sure, that are much, much harder to make at home. So I think in terms of, of availability, the tuna melt gets a pretty high score. I think it's like a eight and a half out of 10. Eight and a, wow. It's a very don't, good score. Don't you think this. so? I mean, it's, it's pretty available. Absolutely. I mean, I think this is a type of sandwich that's both easy to make and both very available in lots of places. But, you know, the point is I could make a hundred ham and cheese sandwiches and each one of them would taste exactly the same. That would, it's not the case with no. a tuna melt. Some skill is required. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms, of, in terms of cooking at home and availability, you want something that has like some skill involved so that you can actually like get good at it and get better at it. Well, I mean, look, Joe, it's your, it's your podcast, your namesake. I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Cause I, I can think of sandwiches that I think are very good that are really nothing more than assembling ingredients in a, in sort of a foolproof way. Um, but but it's gonna any I think any hot sandwich is going to be like this. Once you bring cooking involved, the variance in the sandwich is of course going to go up, and you know that's just 
as we go through this this podcast and we're looking at hot sandwiches versus cold sandwiches, you know, that's just going to be something that that is going to come up. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how as we do more sandwiches, how the, the it, it weighs in, in what you think about the sandwiches. So, Dan, what's the next category? Well, now we're going to look at the health impact. This is going to be a quick one. You know, we're just we're just taking a um, a, a quick snapshot of what the health of the sandwich looks like just to see if there's anything crazy here. For this one, there really isn't. I mean, literally, we looked at a ham and cheese last week. This sandwich is the exact same thing as a ham and cheese. Just take out the ham, put in tuna. Uh, tuna salad, as it turns out, is, is actually relatively healthy. It's got a ton of protein. Doesn't have that much fat. Does have some, but you know, if you're if you want a lower fat variant, just make your own. Use you know lower fat mayonnaise or, or some other substitute there. But this uh, an open faced tuna melt, uh, which also if you're trying to avoid carbs, you know it's good. Half open face is the bread. way to go. Sure, uh, comes in at 370 calories, and so this was based on. I, I think, you know, I made a, a variety of these and I bought half a pound of tuna salad and I, I made three tuna melts that I thought were, uh, you know, the, the right size of a tuna melt. Now, if I were going to a, a diner or whatever, I would expect probably twice as much. So I think in a diner, I would expect probably about a third of a pound of tuna. But on mine, I used one sixth of a pound of tuna. So I, made, I got half a pound and made three tuna melts. And so that was 370 calories for that sandwich. 22 grams of protein, 17 grams of fat, and uh, 28 grams of carbs. So it, it, there's not, not much different from uh, from last week's sandwich here. It's it's a relatively healthy sandwich, and you know, I, I guess the one thing is you can't sub out the bread in a tuna melt. Other, uh, you're just at that right, point. There's just not like a lettuce salad. wrap version of a tuna melt. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I, I sort of think this category. I think of it in terms of the prep. Because prep is sort of the prep and availability is really all about how often you'd eat it. So we should just include it in that rating before I gave it the number. But I still think it's at, you know, about an eight and a half. But I think, yeah, this is a pretty healthy sandwich and I think it's great. This next category will be interesting. So this is your cleanliness slash looking cool category. And I think last week when we covered the ham and cheese in, in our inaugural episode, that was a sandwich that had little action here. It's a it's a very Clean sandwich. It's a very simple sandwich. I don't think the tuna melt. The tuna melt, I believe, um, has something in this category because just for starters, tuna salad is very odorous, Joe. Yes. Would you eat a tuna melt on a plane? I would be way too embarrassed to, to whip out tuna salad on a plane. Yeah, anything with tuna in it, I would not take out on a plane. And another reason I wouldn't like to eat it on a plane, Joe, is I find that when I eat the tuna melt, I mean, in the picture I have in my head of the diner tuna melt is not too different from the one that came out on the skillet for me. And it's not too different even when you look in the open-faced one, but it's not a, a clean eating process. You're, it, it's that There's a lot of mayonnaise going around and a lot of cheese going around. Both of these things are, especially once they're hot, that, that some of that liquid is oozing through the bread. It's oozing off the sides. Uh, it's going to get on your hands. Tuna melt is really not a first date sandwich. <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. You really need your sandwich gloves for this one. You definitely need sandwich gloves. I mean, I don't know. Like, if we're talking about dating, I don't think you're whipping out anything with tuna salad. <sighs> Maybe. I think tuna is off the menu for dating. And I think the melt makes it worse. And the open face makes it even worse for that. I just don't think you can eat an open-faced sandwich and look cool while doing it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to discount all open-faced sandwiches from this category, but I would say 
Definitely the Tuna Melt. Definitely. I mean, even the story about the creation of the Tuna Melt is like a messy story. Shit's falling down onto the like. It's true. Like it's, like you couldn't tell that story about even a ham and cheese because it'd be like, well, first the ham fell, and the che- and then an, and then another piece of bread fell. It was cra- it was <laughs> yeah. like an earthquake, and <laughs> you know it wouldn't work. Uh, not that it's really a logical story anyway, but uh, but yeah, I mean Tuna Melts. It's just a messy sandwich. It's not a cool looking sandwich, and to your point, it kind of stinks too. Can you eat? an open face sandwich without getting lots of stuff on your upper lip. Like I, can you do that? Not, not if you have the proper amount of like, of product stacked on the open face sandwich. Like if you just had like cream cheese on it. Yeah, probably. But like, but if you have, you know, anything that's more than like a centimeter deep, which I I think you have to for a tuna melt, you're going to get something on your upper lip and you're going to need, you you absolutely need a napkin. There, there's no napkinless version of the tuna melt. You absolutely need that. I and mean, I think that's, you know, the ham and cheese. I think you could pack that ham and cheese in a Ziploc bag. You're on the go, whatever. You are you can eat that entire sandwich. You don't need a napkin. Luckily for our listeners, you can go to JoePicksPod.com and get Joe Picks a Sandwich branded sandwich gloves right now. <laughs> yeah. 1999. <laughs> that's, a, that's how we're monetizing this podcast. That's right. It's Get some of that merch. But you actually, I mean, this isn't even like a one napkin sandwich. It's like a no. four or five napkin sandwich. Multi napkin sandwich. I think this is a bad category for the tuna melt. I'm going to say two out of ten. Two out of ten. I knew, you know, this sandwich is obviously going to have a lot more ups and downs than the the, the classic ham and cheese. And now let's see where it falls for taste and mouthfeel, Joe. So how do you enjoy your, your tuna melts? I kind of spoiled it in the intro because I was saying how much I love tuna melt, but I love a good tuna melt. Uh, I mean, the funny thing is, is that even the tuna melt that we made here that was like a little bit soggy in the middle, kind of like required a fork by the end of it, it still tasted great because tuna salad tastes great and it tastes good warmed up and cheese is good and bread is good. It's a great combo. The other thing that I'll say, and maybe this is a prep category thing, but um, I find it's a really good use of the um, – the butt of the bread, like the end pieces ah, of the bread, yes. which I, which like 90% of the time I just throw away, but I think is great for a tuna melt. It tastes so good. It's very funny that in my container of bread, I had two end pieces and I was like, I want to use them for these tuna melts, but I felt like it, I wouldn't be giving it a fair shake, but I had the same thought, like it'd be a perfect way to use those. Oh, go back to the lab. It's a great use for those. Uh, and, and I think that even, even the slightly soggy version of the tuna melt was still really, really good. Once again, second round, I did my experiment where I fed it to my three children. Uh, you know, uh, a testament to the sogginess. Uh, they all asked for spoons to eat it with. Oh. Um, Miriam gave it, the middle child gave it a thumb sideways. Okay. Uh, she, she just said she, she didn't like the tuna and she didn't like the bread, but she loved the cheese. Wow. There you go. Just give her a piece of cheese. She would have been much happier. Uh, a melted piece of cheese. That's just like, really that's wanted. just like the, my anti-tuna alter ego in the intro. <laughs> but my oldest daughter, Shoshi, she loved it. Two thumbs up, two wow. enthusiastic thumbs up. And the baby kind of made a mess with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say in my experience, you know, went to the sandwich lab. What I really learned in the sandwich lab that I talked a little bit about in prep is the bread choice, I think, is very important for this sandwich. I like white bread for my sandwiches. Mm -hmm. However, 
if I were making a tuna melt, I would not use white bread for the tuna melt. I just don't believe you can get white bread that's like dense enough. I think a tuna melt would be great with something like sourdough, something that's a little bit of a tougher bread because the real fight in the tuna melt is that sogginess. Yeah. And I think you want a bread that's going to be able to hold up to it. Even the white bread that I toasted properly, it's still just – when I had the two pieces of bread, that really helped a lot. But just with the one piece of bread, like I want to be able to hold up one side of that bread and have the whole tuna melt be supported just by holding up you know, one end of that bread. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And you're just not going to get that with the standard bread you have at home. And so in some sense, I feel like since I'm a white bread only person, <laughs> I both didn't give it a fair shake because when I made the, the tuna melts, they were fine. I thought they were okay, but I've had tuna melts made with other types of bread, and I, I, just, I just know the way the sandwich is. For, for something where the, the middle of the sandwich is so soft, and especially it's warmed up, it, the bread needs to offer some resistance. The bread needs to offer a lot of structure, and I just don't ever buy bread like that. And if I did, I would never use it. I would buy, you know, if I bought a, a loaf of sourdough or something, I would literally use the two slices for this, and I would never use it again. And it would just take up space in my freezer. So I, it's a tough thing in this sandwich where I intentionally didn't make the version that I think would taste the best because I just don't believe it's the type of thing that I could make with the readily available ingredients I would ever have. So... Even though I think it's good for me, I think this is a type of sandwich that I would maybe consider getting if I were at an old-timey diner, but it's just not the type of sandwich that I think is necessarily conducive to making it home with the way I stock my house. And if I have tuna salad, which I do quite frequently, I, I think from just a pure taste perspective... Because of the way I make sandwiches, I think the tuna salad is better used in other types of sandwiches. It's interesting because I think the opposite. I think that 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 if you're someone who eats tuna salad a lot, which we only we almost only make tuna salad to make tuna melts, I think tuna salad just tastes better warmed up. Yeah, that's interesting. I I, I mean I I can't say I agree with that. Well, I think uh, you know we're at a real crossroads here. Uh, but you know, for me, I think a tuna melt. Is great. I totally agree with you about the bread. I also wonder if, um, and you maybe don't have this, so maybe it wasn't available in the sandwich lab, but if a toaster oven isn't the ideal place to cook this, because it does get that bread super toasty. Because even white bread, if you toast it right, will get pretty like crispy. Even if you get that white bread as crispy as you can, there's just, there's just a density issue. Because I mean, you can just imagine in your head holding up a piece of bread that has a giant dollop of tuna milk. There's just no, yeah. there's no way I could crisp a piece of white bread that could support that kind of weight. I mean, you're, you are a professional sandwich podcaster now, so you may have to uh, move on from your white bread supremacy theories at some point. I will not. I, I, I will only make sandwiches with white bread. And, you know, to the, to all the people complaining about my lettuce takes, I'm also only going to use lettuce in the two months of the year when I have lettuce growing outside and I can just walk out there and take it. I'm never buying lettuce at the store. 
You're really giving a fair shot to every sandwich. All right, Dan. Unless lettuce is in the name of the sandwich, in which case then I will get it as it's an essential component of the sandwich. And I'd like lettuce in the sandwich just the way I would like other breads, but it's just not realistic. So I'm sorry, tuna melt. All right, Dan. I think a tuna melt's great, but this is this is a tough category. You got to hit it out of the park for this category. I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half. I, feel, I really feel like I talked you down there. I felt like you did a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's see if the tuna melt can. I, I don't know. Six and a half is fine, but let's see if it can rebound or or put up a good score. Is this sandwich a monster? This category, of course, comes from superfan Josh PhD, who uh, is a food historian. So he knows all about this. is right up his alley. He says, the tuna melt is a monster. Tuna cannot be farmed, and global stocks are in massive decline. There have been some conservation attempts, but coordinating global fishing is nearly impossible. Enjoy tuna while you can, but you should feel pretty bad about it. On the other hand, the two inches of celery stalk in the tuna melt is pretty okay in terms of environmental impact. He says on the monster scale, this is uh, Freddy Krueger. Wow, that's bad. I had no idea. It, it's bad. I mean, you should have known. You've, you've seen those tunas coming in and being sold in Japan. It's, uh, those tunas take like 50 years to grow, and we just fish them and then eat them. So anything with tuna is apparently bad now. I think so. I think tuna will be something that like, you know how like the baby boomers completely ravaged everything about society and the earth and we are we are all like stick our noses at them. I think future generations are going to be very upset with what we did with tuna. So our kids will judge us for tuna melts. Definitely. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well, that's not good, Dan. It's just the way it is. <sighs> Uh, all right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think we, we got to trust uh, fan emeritus Josh. I mean, he 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 did write the book on 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 food food morality. So uh, I'm gonna say uh, two out of ten. Two out of ten. All right. Well, now maybe it could have a chance to rebound, Joe. What what does the celebrity Bing search reveal about the tuna mount? Okay. Let's see what celebrities come up. We're doing the search live, Dan. Weren't you supposed to do some preparation for this podcast, Joe? No, I mean the whole point of of the of the celebrity Bing search is that we do a live Bing search. Is that really the whole point of it? Uh, well, that's that's the point I just made up. Yeah. Well, all right, fair enough. Okay, three things. Wow, wow, this is great. Under ten celebrity recipes we don't regret trying, apparently. Chrissy Teigen, which is funny because Chrissy oh. Teigen had, had a ham and cheese story too. Apparently, Chrissy Teigen's tuna melt is uh, the number seven recipe. It's it's a simple recipe, though I will say from the picture, it is a closed face tuna melt. What what bread does she use? Read more about Teigen's tuna melt recipe. Is not easy to find. It's in a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> is that cookbook. she she gets you in? With the, the little teaser, and then you have to buy her cookbook to see how to make the there tuna There was a melt. link that said, find out more about Chrissy Teigen's uh, tuna melt recipe, and then it just links to her cookbook. Is it, it. Was it like one of those ads at the bottom of the page? It's like, you'll Damn never it, yes. believe what Chrissy Teigen's doing with tuna. That's exactly what it was. Number seven will shock you. Okay. 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 So Chrissy Teigen has a great tuna melt that is closed face, but we'll never, we'll never know what's in it. And then, so apparently... Nora Ephron wanted a tuna melt to be her last meal. Didn't Nora Ephron just die like recently? Who is Nora Ephron? 
She's like a she's a person. She's an actress. <laughs> I'm fairly sure she's a person. I have no idea who that is. Is or she director, Zac- maybe? related to Zac Efron? Uh, yes, she's she's his great aunt. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so you have Nora Ephron, Chrissy Teigen. I mean, this is nowhere near the heights of celebrity that Bing gave us on our ham and cheese search, which literally had a 14-hour-old story about ham and cheese being handed out on the red carpet. I don't know if we can beat that. I guarantee you, you bring a tuna melt to the Golden Globes, you're getting kicked out. That's (laughs) security is getting called. The tuna melt is – I mean, maybe Chrissy Teigen's, you know, know, model-level closed-faced tuna melt Maybe, but we'll never know because we don't have the recipe for it. She's an excellent chef, too, not just a model. I think the tuna melt, unfortunately, does not have a great celebrity story. Uh, three out of ten. Wow. This has been a rough few categories for the tuna melt, Joe. Tuna melt's taking a nosedive. Unbelievably, too. I think the category where it did best was just your memory of the tuna melt. <laughs> And the, and the history, which is entirely fictitious. It's a great, it's a great story, though. All right, Joe. It's uh, tuna melt is on the cutting board. Is this sandwich going on the menu? So only the best of the best go on the menu. I mean, the menu is what we're going to use to figure out what actually gets a shot at becoming our favorite sandwich. Yes. So it's got to be a very, very high bar. Yes. Okay. Would you like to go first or should I go first? Joe, I will go first and then you will go and then make your final decision. Okay. Tuna melt, Joe, more like black belt, because this sandwich requires expert preparation to be good. You need the right type of bread, you need the right method of cooking, or else it will become a soggy mess. Is it possible to nail the tuna melt? Absolutely, Joe. It's a diner classic for a reason. But given the degree of difficulty, does this sandwich deliver the necessary flavor for me? I say no. I wish I could make the moral argument. After the, is this sandwich a monster category? But I'm a weak man who loves tuna. I apologize to all future generations (laughs) for my greed. Let it be noted. I'm not like those baby boomers who don't apologize. But I submit that we should not be using this precious resource for tuna melts. There are far better uses for both tuna in and out of the sandwich world. Yes, the tuna melt is a good sandwich when done right. And again, I think you go to a diner, you can get a great version of it. But to me, that's only part of the story. So I begrudgingly throw in the compost bin. Wow, Dan. Tough but fair, I think. Begrudgingly, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Give me a lot to think about. For me, I would say I love a tuna melt. I have a strong history with, with it. Obviously, strong, positive memories. And it's something we actually do cook at home quite often. It's, it's literally on your menu at it's home. It's on my menu. But to pick our favorite sandwich, I'm going to have to say tuna melt, more like tuna smelt. It's just too stinky, Dan. (laughs) Of all the things that I am thinking about, look, if we're going to pick our favorite sandwich, the best sandwich, it can't just be that it tastes good. And it can't just be that it's available. It has to hit all the categories. It has to be something that is portable that you can have out, that you can take on a walk with you. And the tuna melt, if it were just messy, I could forgive it. But it's messy. And it smells, if it just smelled like a it, but it smells and it's messy, it just, it's too much. Not to mention the environmental impact that uh, we learned about tonight. Got to take that as a factor. Uh, so I'm going to say tuna melt, unfortunately, 
I didn't want to put it in the compost bin. I want to feed it to the dog. It's still a great sandwich. Yeah, I actually felt bad knowing how scarce of a resource tuna is. We can't just let's be not composting. Waste it. It. Let's not waste it. Let's yeah. let's let's uh, feed it to the dog. You could give it to your. I'm sure your cats would love a tuna melt. Uh, definitely. Oh, believe me, when I was making the tuna melt, they were all. They easily could have would have knocked over my bowl of tuna had it been around, and then gotten it on the floor and then eaten all of it. So a tuna melt. I, I mean, I feel bad that we're zero for two in our first two episodes, but a tuna melt also, unfortunately. Dan, I think not going on the menu. That's tough. But Joe, I mean, this podcast is going to find the best sandwich. And if something is not going to be in contention for that, I I, I don't think there's any point in putting it on the menu. But, you know, there's enough sandwiches in the world that I don't want to move something forward if it's just going to get knocked out in an early round of the playoffs. It's done. And in fact, let's just jump to that right now, Joe, because I opened the lunch pail. There's nothing in there. So... (laughs) If uh, you want your question read on next week's Lunch Pail, send it to sandwich at joepixpod.com. We'd love to get your questions. But I'm happy not to get the question because this is going to be our first ever episode under one hour, and I'm very excited about that, Joe. Our last order of business is we have to pick next week's sandwich, next week's sandwich. So let's go to the old sandwich wheel, Joe. Do you have the sandwich wheel up? What's the – oh, yeah, Joe picks – JoePixPod.com/wheel. I'm ready for it. Okay, spin upcoming. Oh, oh, there's a sound. I love it. Yeah, I added a sound. Wheel, wheel. Come on, wheel, wheel, wheel. Oh God, damn oh, it, Dan. Once again, I get to pick. All right. Well, look, the sandwich wheel does not lie. It is right in the 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 meaty part of the Joe section on the wheel. So it, it wasn't even questionably. I mean, there was no drama there. Had the listeners got section got chosen, that also that would have been a complete disaster, but fortunately it wasn't. Once again, because this isn't like a live radio broadcast, I'm still not sure how we're going to handle that, but, but we'll deal with it later. Yeah, I don't know. All right, Dan, do you have any uh, like idea or guess about what I'm going to pick? You, you have no idea. I, 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 how could I know? I have no clue. All right, Dan, you I'm could excited. pick ice cream sandwich. I could pick ice cream sandwich, but I'm not going to, Dan. If it was your pick, you could take take ice cream sandwich, but no. No. Uh, I want to pick a sandwich that I already think is good. I'm already excited about it, and I want to give us a chance to move something on. And also, I'm excited to talk about it. You ready? I'm ready. Next week, we're going to do the meatball sub. Wow. The meatball sub. I mean, I feel like, you know, this could be like... um, like a sweeps week episode. I mean, I mean, people are going to be excited about the meatball sub, but there's so many good sandwiches out there. We're going to do it week three. I'm not going to lie. I I think the meatball sub is going to force me to change my my policy. I I'm going to have to get a white roll, Joe. Not because white bread is not going to be able to contain a meatball sub. <laughs> Just so you're being clear, though, it will still be white, though. No, definitely. <laughs> I, I will I will get the white roll. You know, the, the, the one good thing about that is I don't have to get like a loaf of like uh, some bread, sourdough, words that I'm never going to eat again. I can just get – I can just go to the, the bakery section, just get one roll, no problem. Maybe a couple. I don't know if I'm going to go in the lab this week. I don't know what I could go in the lab for, but that's the excitement of the podcast, Joe. Well, we'll think about it, and I think our fans must have a ton of opinions about the meatball sub. Absolutely, yeah. Get the go to uh, our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash Joe Picks. There'll be a, a comment thread about this. 
uh, you know, we'd love to hear you or, or send uh, your feedback to sandwich at joepixpod.com. All right, Dan. Great episode. Love talking about the tuna melt. I'm sad it didn't move forward, but, but our first trip to the sandwich lab, what an episode. It was great, Joe. All right, time to put the bread away until next week. Joe Picks a Sandwich is part of the Joe Picks Pod Network. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash JoePicks. If you want to talk about what we got right or wrong with the tuna melt, or if you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, the meatball sub, leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at JoePicksPod.com. Special thanks to superfan Josh for research. His book, Red Beat Republic, is on bookshelves everywhere this May and is available for pre-order on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Also, thanks to superfan Jeff for the theme song. That hasn't given that yet. We're still a hostage negotiation here. Leave us five-star rating in the iTunes search you now can do on our correct feed. Please do that so others can find this podcast. Joe, see you next week. Thanks, Dan.